Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Crypto Catch-Up. I am Perth and with me, Mr. Ted. Hey Perth, how's it going? Good, mate, good. Are you um pretty happy with everything you saw over last night? <laughs> mate. What a headwind. I came to work this morning and Pat was like, did you see the news? I'm like, what, what news? <laughs> and he's like, Bitcoin spot ETF's been approved. I'm like, what? And yeah. turns out false alarm. Yeah, classic interns, right? Oh, mate. Let's dive straight into it because it's been a pretty eventful month. No, no, no. It's also more good news. Don't okay. just rush it away from okay, the good news. Okay. The Aussies won as well in the World Cup. Cricket, that is? Yeah. No. Yeah, mate. Because yeah. we didn't win rugby. No, I didn't win rugby. No. Okay. So we're following the cricket now. That's good. We are. But you're an India supporter. You can't be celebrating. Well, we're good to go for both two teams. Yeah, I suppose you do have that. I love to sit on a fence. Yeah, you do. You yeah. do. It's good, good watching. Love that, mate. Uh, but yeah, okay, fine. Let's talk about the ETF. Obviously, <laughs> that's what you want to talk about. I'm dying to get into it. <laughs> yeah. For anyone that doesn't know the news, by the time this comes out, you'll probably be all aware of it. But basically, Cointelegraph, a big crypto news publication in the US, came out with a tweet essentially saying that BlackRock's spot ETF had been approved by the SEC overnight, yep. sending the market into an absolute frenzy. I got a notification from like CoinMarketCap, the app, mm. and basically they must have seen them and just jumped on it straight away. Yep. So yeah, it seemed like the fake news spread like wild wildfire only for it to be debunked yeah it was actually amazing to just show how quickly information or misinformation can travel because on x or twitter or whatever you want to call it mm. it was everywhere and everyone yep. was just quickly rolling back their comments saying apologies this was our source it was their fault <laughs> yeah. um and so i mean christ it's wild isn't it it is the wild west out there like crazy that one tweet from one person everyone's calling them the the coin telegraph intern yeah and have that much impact on we've got some images of the coin telegraph intern right now yeah so for this is for people watching the the youtube video like <laughs> coin telegraph intern just collecting piles of cash and stashing them in a black paper bag well it's a garbage bag a garbage bag yeah yeah yeah, no, I was absolutely loving the memes this morning. That's yeah, why. some good ones. Yeah, I was meant to prepare, but I was too busy watching the memes. We've got another meme here, Cointelegraph intern being Gary Gensler. Yep. Trying to move the markets, trying to pump his bags. Good old Gary G. <sighs> Bloody Gary. But man, this is, it's crazy, right? Like the only thing I can think of, even though that this is, who knows where the market goes from here, right? Like mm. there's still a lot to be seen if this is a bullish move or if it's simply a massive sell-off that's occurred just at some nice premium. So a lot of people that bought down below, it's a good reason to sell. It's 10% up, right? Yeah. So, irregardless, it kind of sets the stage, I think, for like, if we do see the real ETF actually come to fruition, what the market is capable of doing. Well, it just shows like one tweet, yeah. despite all the, you know, macroeconomic conditions not being like super favorable right yeah. now, one yeah. tweet about a bot ETF approval can just send the markets into a frenzy. Imagine what happens when like, it actually gets approved. It's, you know, proven that it's real this time, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's not just BlackRock, it's all the other yeah. ETF applications. Correct. Mate, it's, it's exciting. Like, yeah. if there's one good thing to pull out of this apart from you know you pumping your bags <laughs> it's uh it's, you know the markets will react to positive news when it does come yeah if it comes like this is a good tweet that i ran across today from donald uh, crypto donald do you think now that everyone has seen what the market's capable of an etf approval i mean it's kind of signed sealed delivered to a large degree like the sec most recently not going to pursue a grayscale any further after the recent mandate that they had uh, yep. that was last week market didn't really bounce too hard off of that news basically no. saying that the sec is not going to pursue grayscale any further and converting their current product to a spot product well yeah because the judge determined that it was in favor of grayscale in their yep. court case against the sec 
the SEC had the chance to appeal that. They didn't. Yep. And so it kind of just shows that they're conceding defeat in that front. Doesn't mean the Grayscale ETF is being converted to a spot no. anytime soon. They still need to go through the regular approval process, but that the SEC can't use you know that reasoning that they were initially using against them because that's yep. been ruled out by the courts. Yeah. So do you think it's possible that now market punters will see what's actually capable and what we start to price into some sort of premium as to, okay, now we know it's probably happening. We saw what happens when even a rumor sparks. I'm going to get some because I don't want to be left behind. Do you think we just see things potentially grind and hold steady? Mate, your guess is as good as mine. I think it just shows you that this news in particular is massive yep. for like the markets in particular. Like a spot ETF is going to be massive next year if it gets approved. Like I don't really have any predictions in terms of price and where we could go, but like it's just a little indicator that this news will be very impactful when it does come. What do you very, think? Very diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people, like the one thing that we've seen time and time again is people have FOMO. So, yeah. I mean, let's just say economic conditions don't get any better, but they don't get significantly worse. I think there's a real chance that you could start to price in some sort of pre-ETF premium. Mm -hmm. That's just my take. I think it's definitely a possible outcome. And it's also one that most people may not anticipate. Like everyone might just be like, oh, now I need to just wait for the dip, but the dip may not come. That's kind of feels like it's definitely a scenario. Or alternately, we just fall apart here. I think the next few days will be key. I think if we start to see support not hold, uh, I know like on our Bitcoin chart here that we've been tracking for a little while, like we hit nicely into the previous highs and seem to have like a very strong reaction there just to sell off. So mm -hmm. Logical place for a lot of people to probably look to take off profit and massive news catalyst behind it, which was just that fake news. You know, if we start to track below this key level that we bounced off of nicely in the start of October, then we might see some lower prices. Also worsening conditions with the war, that's never good. No. Any sort of destabilization in the US economy, that's always bad too. Like we saw the banks get bailed out start of this year and yeah. some sort of similar themed tune like that mm. might cause us to dip but yeah imagine if everyone just is like i got to get my little bit otherwise I might miss out it's definitely a, a reality I feel yeah exactly and the rest of the market seems to have reacted a little bit as well yeah Ethereum not so much which is interesting for the first time in a while there's a bit of like a negative connotation around Ethereum at the moment I'm not you sure. know that you know that me get some more get some more <laughs> yeah but it's interesting, like I know there's a Ethereum short ETF that's meant to start trading soon. Like in that case, you know, they're not going to start listing a short ETF unless they know it's going to be successful. So it just shows there's an appetite for people to short Ethereum. We saw some news the other day that ETH whales were dropping off. Like you wrote a bit of an article about that, didn't you? Yeah, that was an interesting one. I think the problem with that data specifically is there's so many different ways to cut it mm. and you can kind of make it tell the story that you want it to tell, which yeah. is most data to be honest. But yeah. I think the main takeaway from that was while there was assets being transferred around from historical whale wallets, it was just essentially the supply being held by the top 1% wasn't really changing. It was just simply being transferred into like smart contracts, yeah. whether they're doing things like staking their ETH or they're yeah, yeah. offering it up to liquid staking protocols like Lido DAO, which we've covered in the past, Rocket Pool. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different scenarios, I guess. But I mean, the one other thing that was in that article was the fact that ETH, since the proof of stake protocol got implemented, it's been deflationary. So there's actually been less and less ETH over time, but now it's finally inflationary. So it's back on the rise. So the key takeaway there without complicating this too much is if the network's got lots and lots of transactions, it becomes deflationary. There's actually more ETH that gets burnt as a part of the way that that smart contract executes as part of the gas fee. Some of that gets cut and burnt. Yeah. So that's how that becomes deflationary. 
And then in an instance where the amount being issued to people as rewards for staking the asset is greater than what's being burnt as a result of there being less transactions, it becomes inflationary. So it's kind of like being designed to be like a self-governing little economy, I guess, for the ETH supply. So deflationary good, inflationary bad. Yeah, they kind of just tell the sentiment of what's going on in the market. So when it's inflationary, there's less transactions happening. When mm-hmm. it's deflationary, it's busy and there's more demand. So it just shows you that because it's inflationary now, there's a lack of activity, I guess. Which is what would make sense right now, right? Yeah, like, but it doesn't mean like yeah. it's going to be inflationary forever. Like it no. could easily switch, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Unless everyone moves to a new layer one blockchain as being the mainstay, which I don't see really happening. Yeah, well, let's see it happen. Or the other alternatives to like layer two is a heat coming in to stay. Like, could that potentially affect the rate at which ETH transactions occur overall as well. So, I mean, there's a lot to be seen there first to believe it. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say it'll just go through. I guess long-term, what the project is hoping is um, as time goes on, it's just ebbs and flows between inflationary and deflationary. It kind of self-governs and stabilizes and Mm -hmm. sets itself up. Uh, But we'll see if that happens. Yep, cool. Let's dive into some of these top movers that we've seen over the last week. What's at the top there? Bitcoin SV? Yep, I haven't heard too much from those guys as to what could have... Wish that one. So if anyone else knows, definitely let us know. I know Loom's not in that list there, but it has been like kind of pumping over the last week or so. Do you have any reason for that, Pav? <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. I'll check all the socials. There's nothing as a new news catalyst as to why. Yeah. So it could be two things. It could simply just be there's a market maker out there or market participants just driving price up. Or number two, hey, why not? Let's just speculate. Atlassian, massive giant in the, I guess, non-crypto worlds, acquired a unicorn loom for a whopping $975 million. So whether or not someone thought that that was somehow linked to a crypto coin, maybe. I don't know, a bit of a stretch. I don't think what so. What is unicorn loom? Well, unicorn, the fact that it was a billion dollar Oh, company. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. But loom is just like that recording, yeah, screen recording, sharing yeah. software. I've used it before. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. What else is on there? SafePal and Clayton? Yeah. Clayton. I, I haven't up. read too much about this one, but I mean, that could be a reason for Clayton having a bit of a price rise, a bit of an adoption play. We've seen it before when two, you know, crypto projects team up, like yep. their prices usually go have a little bit of a rally. And I think we're just seeing that here. I think it looks like the news here is they've teamed up to deliver some co-branded hardware wallets. So yeah, a bit of an interesting one there. Good to see that they're supporting each other in that sense. What we want to see, that's what you see in the bear market specifically, but who knows how successful that'll be long-term. Mm. One to watch, I guess. Yeah. But there's a bit happening to, I guess, in the regulatory space in Australia outside of top movers. What can you tell us about that, Ted? Yeah. So we had some big news yesterday. Essentially, Treasurer Jim Chalmers came out and basically has told us that they're proposing a a crypto bill to shake up the crypto industry and and more heavily regulate it. I guess this comes on the back of, you know, all the stuff that happened with FTX last year. Like regulators are terrified of something similar happening, I guess. In one sense, they see the crypto industry as underregulated and it means bad actors like we saw with SBF mm-hmm. can kind of take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're terrified of that. And so they've basically proposed a bill where crypto exchanges in particular will be regulated under the same jurisdictions as all financial service companies in Australia. So mm-hmm. that comes under ASIC. When you think about it, like think about all the banks, all the lenders, anything that's involving finance, they're regulated by ASIC and that's what they're proposing for crypto exchanges as well. What are your thoughts on this? 
It's good. It's something we've talked about, I guess, being in the industry for quite a while. We needed something to unify all the players and stop any bad actors coming in from, especially overseas again, because that's where, I guess, where we're seeing them from. I think it's a good approach too, in the sense that it's pragmatic to the point of going after the providers first and worrying about the actual tokens and how should a crypto be handled. You know, there's a whole thing about how in the US they're going about it as, is it a security? Is it not a security? So yep. far, that's not been the discussion, which I've been quite happy about. Mm -hmm. I think if it means it's more transparent for Aussie consumers, there's more safety in knowing who you're dealing with. I mean, that's only good. And it's something I know we've been advocating for here as well as with Dex. So I think it's good. Yeah. Yourself? Indifferent? A bit indifferent about it. I guess it's, it's not coming to play yet. It's yeah. just a, the proposed bill. One to watch. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, please stop. Don't give me too much detail. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, maybe this one will be more your speed, Ted. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely more my speed. Um, <laughs> Ferrari basically come out and said that they're going to accept crypto payments for their cars. I know, have you been dying to buy a Ferrari and you know you have so much crypto in your account. So, mate, this is a ma match made in heaven for you. Mate, once I finish paying for the diapers, maybe I can think about this. It's not really yeah. on the radar. So. Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about the, you know, Lamborghini, when Lambo. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like the ultimate crypto bro meme. It's like, yeah, well, maybe when next Lambo. full cycle will be when Ferrari. Yeah, when Rari. It doesn't have the same ring to it, but no. it's just another one of those adoption stories in a bear market that's good to see. Yeah, totally. It wasn't it Tesla that did it as well, like last cycle, but they pulled it off the shelves. Yeah, you could buy Tesla with Bitcoin. I'm pretty sure you can still buy like Tesla merch with Dogecoin. Okay. Of course. But like, I don't know, how often are people buying Tesla merch? I wouldn't mind some. I'm sure there's some Tesla fanatics yeah. out there. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what else have we got into the news? Um, okay, this is a bit of a left field one that I've just been doing a bit of looking into in my spare time because I'm such an interesting person. We all know the US election cycle is coming up. Pretty much at the end of this year, it sort of kicks off. And I think we spoke about in the potty before how that kind of has had some effect on general market seasonality as well. And I actually found some data behind it too. What we've got here is essentially the effect of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is like almost like an aggregated index in the US, similar to S&P, NASDAQs, but different basket of goods. Mm -hmm. It's tracking basically the returns versus what year are we in in the four-year presidential cycles. I mean, what was probably most interesting for me here is the fact that in the pre-election year, which we're in currently, I've done a bit of wizardry and I've mapped it against Bitcoin. It's kind of been following it pretty well, to be honest. So we can see when the September, October pain sort of, oh, sorry, September sell-off came that everyone was sort of speculating. Bitcoin definitely had a massive sell-off as well. But historically, the reversals have shown in the last 20 years, I believe this is 20 years worth of data, averaging it out in a pre-election year, uh, you tend to see a bit of a reversal through October and November uh, mm -hmm. and a rally into December. So not to say that's going to be what we see in the crypto markets or the broader markets, but something to keep an eye on. I think everyone's right now is really confused about where we are in the general state of things. Yep. I think this year is a bit hard to really tie it back to any sort of mean average because we've had so many outliers. Like we had the COVID issue, we've had like interest rate hikes. Mm -hmm. Now we've had the war in Gaza, but I mean, this is multiple years worth of data. So at least it sort of averages out a lot of noise. Yep. So take of it what you will. So far, it's been tracking along with it pretty closely. There's been some points where it shows a lot of confluence. All in all, if this is going to continue tracking, it basically suggests that, you know, we could be sideways till November and then start to track up November into December to finish up the year, which would be nice. Interesting. So that blue line shows... The pre-election year performance yeah. and the orange is the average performance without any reference to where we are in the election years and then the black line's Bitcoin's price. Gotcha. What do you reckon, Ted? What you're saying is get in now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> 
I think what I am trying to say is just be watching the markets for the next one to two months. Give it one and a half months and if you're bored, let go. But mm. now's the time to really be paying attention, especially when we're seeing the worst of the worst really play out and across the world as well. Like unless tensions really escalate and things get out of control, it kind of feels like everyone's looking for how long until there's a resolution to whatever's currently an issue as opposed to anything else. So yeah, risk on markets hate it when there's uncertainty. So as soon as there's some sort of uncertainty that starts to build, that's when things do start to look a little bit more stable. Mm. Yeah. And anyway, less it turns controlling social media accounts. That'll help too. <laughs> Although we love the memes. Yeah, we do love the memes. Yeah. We do love the memes. Mate, it's been a short episode, even though there's been quite a bit happening. But I think I'm excited for next week's episode to see if this rally holds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I mean... Uh... I hate to say it, but I think we're probably going to track down. Like, after what we've seen with the fake news being debunked, I think essentially it's just like we're going down a bit further back to probably where we were around 26K. I know you're probably more of a TA man than me. Yeah, but we didn't really look at it this episode, did we? So let's take a look. I mean, if we do look at it just in terms of highs and lows... I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me that we do come back down to 26 and that's when you start to see the bulls want to keep it there or are people like, no, you know, we've took our profits. We had a nice little run to these August highs. Let's let the price settle a little bit more. I think there's a lot of people that might have a bunch of stops under the June low, which is that 24 and a half mark. Mm -hmm. So what we do know about the markets is they love to find stops. It was last night in that run. It was like, I think, 136 mil. In shorts got wiped off the market, which is, you know, I think top five liquidation event for the year. And that was like in six minutes. Mm. So we know the market loves to go to these areas where liquidity is resting. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we tracked down to 24, 24 and a half, somewhere around there. But at the same time, if we do hold, you want to see it hold that 27, I would say 27 KB line in the sand if you wanted to stay as a bull. So be interesting to see. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, personally, I'm looking more long-term. Yep. Like, I'm not really much of a trader like you, Pav. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next cycle, anticipating that there will be some sort of a bull run next year. Not guaranteed to happen, of course, with, you know, the current climate and everything going on with interest rates and inflation in the US. But everything's kind of leading into that second quarter of the year. Yep. You know, ETF, halving, election year, like it's all adding up. Hopefully, things improve on the macro climate and we get a bit more bullish sentiment and more adoption stories like the Ferrari thing coming out. Mm. And hopefully, that's enough catalyst for the big bad bulls to come out. And we all just want a little bit of good news leading into family time at Christmas time because I'm I don't want to be approaching that. We always talk about it. I don't want to be approaching that Christmas barbecue with people yeah. going, oh, how's that crypto going? Yeah, I know. We need we need a good story, don't we? <laughs> the SBF trial at the moment and all the stuff that's coming out about him ain't oh, helping how us. How gross is that? It's it's pretty, it's pretty cringe. If you haven't checked it out, definitely just jump on Twitter or even just search like some of the things that have been said during that proceeding. It's just ridiculous yeah. that that's how business is. The most recent development is he needs more Adderall to stay focused in court. Oh, wow. I think they're trying to paint him out to be like, oh, you know, this clumsy, really smart tech guy, but doesn't really have a focus doing. or anything yet. Yeah, doesn't really know what he's doing. So he gets off with a lighter sentence. Okay. But don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we all know he's a scammer and a fraud. So yeah, it's a massive case in the US, probably one of the biggest fraud cases of this century. So yeah. it's an interesting one to follow. So go check it out. But yeah. Change of pace. One thing we want to shout out is the Australian Crypto Convention. Most people would know that hopefully, well, hopefully most people know that that's only four weeks away now. So if you're keen on getting tickets, jump on, get them now while you can. Mm -hmm. Melbourne, it's going to be a blast. We were there last year. We'll be there again this year. So you can come say day to us if you really want to. 
Yeah, we'll actually have our own little stand this year, won't we? With a proper setup. Like That's we were it. on the beanbags last year, which was a cool, it was I a fun, it. casual it's vibe. Hard to want to get up, but it was good. Yeah, but we've got our own couch this time. We've got our own billboard and things. We're gonna be we're big timers this be, year, pal. It's gonna be good. I think we've got water bottles too. You're kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. If you're down there, come say good day and you can jump on the couch and yeah. have a chat with us if you're interested, of course. We're literally keen to chat with anyone, whether you're, you know, in the industry or just a keen trader or keen to, you know, get more involved in crypto, like we're keen to have a chat. So yeah. please approach us. This time in the market too, I think you only have the people that really got the gusto to be in crypto. So it's gonna be I think some good chats had. Yeah, I'm keen to kind of assess like the average person that is there, whether they're like currently involved in the industry or whether they're just interested in learning more. It'll be interesting to assess compared to last year. Yeah, and I think even just talking to a lot of those projects too, like I think you're going to find just the real builders of that. Yeah. Again, like these are the toughest conditions to be building. And yeah. So, I mean, you got guys with a bunch of conviction, guys and gals. I guarantee if you come this year, you're going to be more easily able to have conversations with some of the big players in the industry yep. than, than you will, say, next year if the crypto convention's on again. Yep. Well said, mate. Cool. That's Let's wrap it up. That's a wrap. Thanks, mate. We'll catch you guys next week. Catch ya. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.